Well, hello, hello there. I am so excited to be here with you today because we are talking vacation. That's the last time I will say things in a high voice for you today. But I am excited because we're talking easy vacation meals. And why did I want to pop in and talk to you about this on the Feel Good Family Food Podcast? Here is why. I have heard from so many of you, and I've been there myself, where you get super excited, you save all year, you save your time and your money and your energy, and you get ready to go on a family vacation. And because you have kids, you probably have selected a place that has a kitchen, and you have good intentions. And then you get there, and you spend your time stressed about the same things that you've been stressed about at home. You're worried about how the kids are eating. You're worried about the food you're making. You're worried about cleaning up after the food that you're making. And I just think this is utter craziness. And I can say that because I've done it too. And so I want to help all of us be a little bit more intentional in the way we approach vacation food, especially if you are vacationing with big extended family so that it actually feels like a vacation and you get to keep your priorities in line in terms of the way that you're eating, saving money, all of the reasons that we take on this food stuff while we're on vacation. So in today's episode on easy vacation meals, I'm going to be talking about my philosophy on eating on vacation. I'm going to talk about a couple things that haven't worked for me. I will share some real life examples. I'm going to share some cook ahead ideas. This is one of my key strategies for eating well on vacation if you are traveling nearby, aka not on a plane. And then finally, share a couple of ways that I recommend you get help with vacation food so that you don't spend all your time cooking and cleaning. Sound good? Let's dive in. Hi there, I'm Amy. I'm a mom, a natural food chef, and the host of the Feel Good Family Food Podcast. Just like you, I have more to do in a day than could possibly get done. And kids who say their favorite foods are things like gummy bread, pretzel, of course, margarita, ice cream, yummy. On this podcast, I'm using my 10 years of professional food experience plus real world nutrition to help real parents more easily feed their families healthy food more often. Stick with me for tips, tricks, and actionable steps to start feeling good about feeding your family. All right, easy vacation meals for a crowd. Now, let's give a caveat. The crowd in this case could be a four-person family or a 30-person house rental that you are all staying at. These strategies work either way. And of course, just the quantity of food that you buy and prepare is going to be different depending on the size of the group. And I would say your control over the food in the situation is also going to be dependent on the size of the group that's present. Before I give you all my best tips, the show notes for this episode are at um, cookingwithfullplate.com slash easy vacation meals. So cookingwithfullplate.com slash easy vacation meals. And there you're going to find the notes from today's episode. So you don't need to write anything down, but you're also going to find some links to some awesome recipes that will help you with your vacation food. So I told you, I'm going to start out with my philosophy on vacation food. So here it is. I fully embrace vacation as a break from the norm in our family, meaning you are not going to hear me talk a lot about focusing on making healthy choices in this podcast, because I think vacation is a time to experience the place where you are. And I'll say that again. For me, vacation is a time to experience the place where you are. You'll notice that what I didn't say though, is it's a time to go absolutely crazy with your food. And here is how I make the distinction in my family. And maybe it will inspire you to make a similar or other distinction for your family. 
here's the distinction. That means that we are going to try the best local ice cream place. We're going to go for donuts and coffee in the morning. We are going to have food adventures and eat at delicious restaurants and not worry about the food that we're eating at all. What it doesn't look like and what it doesn't mean for us is that we're going to buy all the junk food that we never eat at home and we're going to bring it to the house that we're staying at and we are going to gorge ourselves. Because to me, that's not an experience. That doesn't mean that if special foods are around that we aren't going to enjoy them. That doesn't mean that if we are vacationing with other people that I'm going to put restrictions on them, but it does mean that I'm not going to buy all the Doritos and the candy and the soda and the things that I don't eat most of the time and bring them into the house and make that the event. And this is for two reasons. One, I still want to feel good when I'm on vacation. In fact, usually even more so because you're in a bathing suit and you're out and you're expending energy. And it's not just about looking good. It's about like feeling good and feeling your best. But secondly, because if I make those decisions, then I don't have the space to be as liberal and to feel good about other choices we're making around that ice cream and the donuts and the coffee and the um, dinners that I was talking about. And so I prioritize food experiences over making exceptions for food experiences rather than piling up on junk food and teaching my kids that this is like great vacation food and it's a treat we have when on vacation. I'm like super careful. I try to be really careful around like how I sometimes without words even show them what things mean. So that's why that works for us. Now, again, if those foods are present, if I'm with another family, we enjoy ourselves. And I try not to actually have very many conversations about it with my kids at all. But I think that thought process might just help you as we go into this next part where I talk about the actual food that I'm going to make and the food that I'm going to bring and all those kinds of things. The second piece of this is that when we go on vacation to a place that has a kitchen, I'm actually usually bummed. I know this is the opposite of most people because you're like, I'm going to save money and this is going to be fantastic. But the truth is that I am bummed when we stay somewhere with a kitchen because what it usually means is that if I'm not careful, I'm going to end up doing the same thing that I always do at home, which is spend time thinking about food, spend time buying food, spend time organizing food, spend time cooking food, spending time cleaning up after food. It's like all of these things. And it's basically watching your kids in another location, which let's be honest, vacation with kids is basically watching your kids in another location anyways. So I try not to also make it harder on myself by like keeping these strict standards or telling myself, oh, we're we're only going to eat out like once or twice. Um, you know, setting all of these expectations that get me in a state where I'm just momming in another place. This might work differently for you. I don't claim that this is the only way to do it. It's just food for thought that you might actually not want a kitchen. That said, if we end up with a kitchen and I'm trying to avoid momming in another place, there are some really simple strategies that I employ with vacation food that help us to save money save time of like trekking to places for every single meal and lay a healthy baseline so that everything else becomes a blip on our nutritional radar. And so we can really enjoy ourselves and still feel really good. Some of those strategies look like this. I will always stock the fridge with things like plain yogurt, um, a bunch of fruit, ideally local fruit if we're somewhere special. Um, When we're back east in Rhode Island, we will go blueberry picking. So we'll stock the fridge with lots of blueberries via an activity. And I think this is a really fun way to show kids about their food as well and get them excited about things that might not live up to the like candy hype that 
they sometimes get on vacation, but it makes it an experience and it gives them some motivation to try it, right? When kids are involved with food. What else do I stock up with? Like I will get some, maybe like a rotisserie chicken so that we know we can have easy lunches or some pre-prepped salad. And I'm gonna come back to all of this, like how to get help from the store later. You know, canned tuna, things that are really simple, but also high in nutrition. And when I look for high in nutrition, I'm looking for like healthy pre-cooked proteins. That might be hard boiled eggs. That might be chicken. That might be fish. That might be just canned beans, a variety of veggies. And I usually buy those pre-chopped when I'm on vacation, if I have a fridge so that I don't have to spend my time chopping it. This is things like baby carrots, I'll slice up some bell peppers, sliced apples, I'll buy pre-sliced, and then any local fruits that are really easy to get, along with bagged salad mixes, you know, maybe some frozen vegetables if I have some pans I'm going to cook in. But seriously, I really, really, really try to avoid cooking. You can ask my husband or anyone who's vacationed with me. I'm like, they're like, Amy, what should we do for food? And I'm like, eat out, eat all the good food that's there. I like rarely want to talk about food when we're on vacation, which is so funny, or at least cooking when we're on vacation. Um, And then, so it's fruits and vegetables, lean proteins. And I forgot to add like yogurt and those kinds of things in there. And then like easy to grab snacks because there's nothing worse than say being at a beach. Well, there are lots of things worse, but (laughs) in the context of vacation food, there's nothing worse than being at the beach and being like, oh man, we're so hungry and everyone's getting hangry and we don't have anything on hand to feed ourselves. So even when we go to Mexico, I will bring along things like Lara bars, um, you know, more nutritious like pretzels and crackers. And I can include some links to my favorite ones of those at cookingwithaplate.com slash easy vacation meals because I assume you guys will be interested. Um, If there's a Whole Foods or Trader Joe's where we are going, I will go stock up on those things. If not, I will pack some of them or at least pack things like, um, I love chomps as an easy vacation meal. These are the same exact things that I feed my kids for snacks on the go. I just bring them with us so that we have easy snacks on the go. So that's how I lay a healthy baseline without cooking. Easy proteins, pre-chopped fruits and vegetables, on-the-go snacks that are nutritious. Because then when the ice cream truck comes and my kids want ice cream, or when someone opens up a bag of Doritos, you can tell that Doritos are one of my my things. Those are my personal foods that we used to always have camping growing up. And it reminds me of vacation and also like gorging on them reminds me of vacation. So I'm very familiar with this. Um, When the Doritos get open, when all those things happen, first of all, we're filled up with nutritious foods. And second of all, it's not as big of an impact on how we feel and probably how we act because we laid that healthy baseline before we got to insert vacation food here. So that is my philosophy on vacation food. I hope it is helpful in informing yours. And if you do nothing else as a result of this podcast, I hope that you will take a minute to think about what do you actually want your vacation to look and feel like? And as a result, what does that look like or not look like in terms of food? Meaning, are you going to spend all your time cooking? If you have really strict dietary guidelines or needs, that might be the case. That might be what it looks like for you. But how can you get strategic and intentional in making choices so that it's not all like one side of the spectrum where you're spending all your time cooking so that you guys stay perfectly healthy or the other side of the spectrum where you just let loose and then everyone's cranky and not feeling good and not enjoying the vacation because they're loaded up on like sugar and chips the whole time.
So let's find somewhere in the middle with a little bit of intention so that we can make our vacations truly great for all of us. So one of the things I said at the beginning of this episode was I was going to talk a little bit about vacation meals for a crowd. And the reason for this is because I am lucky enough to vacation with large groups of our family every year when we go camping in Carpinteria, which is one of my favorite places on earth. It is my favorite vacation, you know, save for like a few that we've taken here and there, but it's my favorite yearly vacation because it is the place that I grew up and my husband feels the same about Rhode Island. So I know that we all have this place um, that we love from growing up that just like reminds us of good times and takes us back to childhood and we enjoy spending time with our family. So for me, it is camping with my family, but we're a big crowd and we're camping. And there's like 20 plus of us most of the time. So I have a lot of experience with this vacation meals for a crowd. And I want to share some of my lessons learned from being with that crew so that you can make your family vacation run smoothly, even if you are vacationing with 20 of your closest family members. So I'm going to start out by telling you about an idea that I had that did not work. I, um, I love cooking for the big group because I get to make the things that no one else makes. Like usually I'll be like, I've made um, like a saffron rice that was essentially like a paella before on a camp stove. I've done grilled coconut Thai chicken. That was really tasty. Um, I've done some chilies before, like all homemade. And a lot of nights we keep it really simple, which is amazing. But I like to spend some time indulging in cooking for a big crowd because it's so gratifying to feed everyone. So this is my one exception. That said, here's an idea that didn't work. One year I was like, I'm going to make pizza for a crowd and everyone's going to make their own pizza at camping and they'll put their own toppings on it. So I essentially made a bunch of pizza doughs that I pre-parbaked. So they were like half cooked. And then I brought all the toppings and everyone got to make their own pizza. And In theory, this was an amazing idea. I pre-baked the dough. I was really on it. And I did a lot of work ahead of time, which I'm going to get to in just a minute around cooking ahead and some strategies for that. But all of that said, here's what didn't work. We were camping. So there's like limited oven and grill space. I had all of these toppings and it takes time for everyone to make their pizza. So this dinner honestly took like an hour and a half for everyone to get through the line, to make their pizza, to wait for other people, to wait for it to cook. Nobody got to eat at the same time. This was not my best idea. So what did I learn from that? What I learned was something that should have been pretty obvious to me, which is things that you can make in bulk and things that you can make most of ahead of time are going to be the best things that you can do when cooking for a crowd. And here's the truth. I said that I don't like cooking on vacation. I would rather mess up my own kitchen and be in a kitchen that I know the systems for. I know what pots and pans I have. I know what knives I have. I don't need to worry about spices and seasonings. Make it all ahead of time, freeze it, and bring it with us, and then let it defrost there and just warm it up. Then I would like to be cooking on my vacation. And I have some things that have worked really well for that that I will share some links to in the show notes. But as I mentioned before, Chili is a really good option. Soup can be a really awesome option. And I just freeze them in like gallon-sized Ziploc bags. Many, many of them lie them flat to freeze them and then bring them along and let them defrost as we go. This obviously works best if you're not flying somewhere. So I hope that's fairly obvious. But if you are driving somewhere on a vacation, this can be a really good option. Um, What other things? The chicken that I was telling you about, this coconut chicken, I will definitely include the link to that. It's an awesome recipe. I marinated it ahead of time and froze it in the marinade. And I have a couple of other 
crowd favorites just like this that could work really well for bringing on vacation. The other benefit of cooking it ahead at home is that you get the shopping out of the way ahead of time and you just have to pick up a few bits and pieces when you're on vacation instead of spending all your time at the store. So these are examples of things that I would make ahead of time. And then when we get there, I might cook up a big pot of rice or pasta and um, make a big salad. And so that is really easy. Usually my dinners take about 20 minutes of hands-on time. Maybe we'll slice up a watermelon, something like that. Things that you can get help with, things that other people can do, and then you have the mains already sorted. And there are so many examples. You can also rely on like Trader Joe's has amazing pre-marinated meats that I don't buy a lot at home because I like to control the ingredients of the marinades. But if you're going on vacation, goodness sake, just buy some of their pre-made carne asada, grill it up wherever you are, add a salad, and your dinner's done, right? So these are the ways that I cook for a crowd. A couple of things that don't work when cooking for a crowd. I recommend not cooking anything that has to be individually made. So my pizzas were a good example of that, or perhaps a bad example of it, depending on how you're thinking about it. Um, Other things would be like, if you're making meatballs, then you got to make a million meatballs for these 20 people. You don't know how many each person's going to take. And then you have to have like kind of individual portions and not to mention you have to roll each one of them. So that is not a great thing to make if you're going on vacation. Um, If I were going to make burgers, which can be easy, I would keep the seasoning really simple and I would just make them into the patties there and then grill them up individually. Um, Or there are some awesome pre-seasoned patties that you can buy frozen and throw on the grill. I've even seen them at places like Whole Foods now. So there are all kinds of options available to you. But whenever possible, I really want to encourage you to cook ahead. And this could be something that you do with other folks that are coming on vacation. You could even do like a bunch of different things. You could marinate some chicken. You could marinate some steak. You could um, make a big thing of pasta sauce. You could make a big thing of chili. You could freeze all of these things, bring them with you in a cooler, let them defrost one by one in the fridge as you're about ready to make them. And you can see how this would come together. Very little actually has to be done on your vacation. You could cook up pasta while you're actually there. There are things that doesn't make sense to make and freeze ahead of time. So if you cook the pasta while you're there, you have the pasta sauce already made. You add those two things together. You throw together a salad and some garlic bread, and now you have cooked for a crowd. And because you're making it yourself, you can control like, what kind of pasta do I want to use? You can buy bonza chickpea pasta at Costco now. You could buy brown rice pasta. You could buy spiralized zucchini at Target. I've seen it there. So these are ways that you can do like easy nutritional upgrades that again, help you lay a healthy baseline when you are eating in and when you are eating the food that you cook so that everything else becomes a blip on that nutritional radar. I hope this is making sense and maybe inspiring you to think about some of these things. So my final tip is whether or not you cook ahead, you need help. Do not try to do this all yourself, whether it is you and your kids and your husband, whether it is you and your closest 30 family members, don't be a martyr when it comes to food on your vacation. You're here, you're listening to this podcast, you're obviously thinking about food, you want to have some control over your food, you're being thoughtful, but seriously, vacation is not the time to like test new cooking skills, to take on everything yourself, to try and be in utter control. It is going to ruin your vacation. I've learned this the hard way. So what can you do instead? Get help. Ask for help. This is the perfect opportunity to start asking for help. So there are two ways that you can get help. If you don't mind asking, if you're feeling brave or like there are people who can support you, the main way I suggest is dividing and conquering. So one thing we've been doing for years on this family vacation at camping, so we're out 
it's not the wilderness it's at the beach and we camp out of cars so like don't get too many ideas here but one of the things we do at camping is everyone has a different night that they're on so we have a caper chart that my aunt is lovely enough to put together every single year you have like a main person who actually figures out what the food is going to be and um puts together the list and does most of the things so on my night that's me and then you have people who are there to help you who can cut up a watermelon who can put together a salad who can um clean the dishes afterwards you should not be in charge of everything yourself. So dividing and conquering is key. We have enough people that one person is in charge of every night and then they have kind of like a support staff, but you can rotate through folks. You could maybe take two nights. You could have someone else take a couple of nights. You can, we always plan at least a couple of nights eating out. Remember, this is a place we go year over year. So my statement earlier about like having food experiences is relevant, but not necessarily as relevant as it might be in a new place that you're going. But Certainly we plan a couple of nights out too. And we have a couple of nights where we like bring in Mexican food or order pizza or some of those like more simple things to just keep things easy and accessible and enjoyable for everyone. Remember, it's not just about the food. And then the second way, so if you don't have folks who can or are willing to help you, first of all, get a new family. The second of all <laughs> um, is don't be afraid to rely on store-bought help. And some of my favorite examples of store-bought help have already been mentioned, but they're things like using rotisserie chicken for your meal. Um, I love buying the pre-bought Costco salads. I forget what the brand is, but they have like all the toppings on them. Trader Joe's sells them too. One of the easy hacks that I've been doing just for my own lunches is buying those salads because everything's chopped up. I only include the toppings that I actually want to include on top of it. So if you had say, a wheat sensitivity and you buy the Mediterranean one, you can leave the pita chips off as long as, you know, someone's not deathly allergic, leave them off, put them to the side. And then I'll check the ingredients list on the dressing. It's usually iffy. Sometimes they're good. But if I don't feel great about the dressing, then I can make a dressing ahead of time. Those usually keep for about a week. I can bring it along with us and then I'll use that as the dressing, which usually tastes better. I can control the ingredients, but I'm not having to do a lot of work and I can do some of the cooking ahead. What are some other store-bought help? I mean, I mentioned sliced apples, like do things you might not normally do, pre-sliced a pineapple. All of these kinds of things can ease. Remember, it's not just the time that you spend cooking these things, like apples and pineapple obviously don't have to be cooked. It's not just your cooking time, it's your chopping time. It's using tools that you aren't used to, which is going to take more time. It's cleaning up after that, not just like the cutting board, but all the stuff that fell on the ground. These are all things that are going to take up your time. And I want to encourage you to remember that this is your vacation too, that there are easy ways that you can get some help either from your loved ones or by paying for it at the store that can help you enjoy your vacation more. These are not nutritional shortcuts. You are still going to get nutrition. You're still laying that healthy baseline and you are still making space to really enjoy yourself both food-wise and energy-wise. That's all I've got. I told you a little bit about my philosophy for vacationing and how I deal with food on it. Talked about some stuff that doesn't work when you're cooking for a crowd on vacation. Um, some ideas of things that actually do work and then some ways that you can get help. I hope that this was super helpful to you today. As always, I want to give you one thing that you can do as a result of this podcast. So um, for today, I would love for you to share with me your favorite vacation meal, whether that's something that you go out to eat every year or whether that's something you love to make and bring along. Let me know what your favorite vacation meal is. You can find me over at Instagram, um, 
at Cooking with a Full Plate or on Facebook under Healthy Food for Busy Families. I look forward to hearing from you. I need some inspiration for our camping trips this year. So help me out. And I will talk to you again next Tuesday.